Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Campionato di calcio italiano. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening everybody, it's me Dolph, I am hosting the Forza Time Football Podcast this midweek in, in the absence of Connor Clancy because he'll be back at the weekend um, and we're going to talk about some Champions League and Europa League and the time teams in the competition and to help me do that I've got two fantastic lovely gentlemen and Serie A journalists, first up we've got Vierica Preta with us, Vieri how are you doing? Hello, I just got back from uh, Napoli and what was a fantastic night at the San Paolo and yeah, well, I'm doing absolutely fine. Better than Lazio, for sure. There, there we go. We're going to get on to Lazio, because they spoiled everything. And joining me and Vieri, we've got Podrick Whelan. Podrick, how are you? I'm good, though. Uh, unfortunately, I was not in Napoli and had the pleasure of just watching the Lazio game from start <laughs> to finish. So maybe not doing as well as Vieri. There we go. Right, so... Um, Vieri, as you mentioned there, he was in Napoli, I was in Turin, and I've just got back from the San Siro from Milan in the Europa League. First Italian football are at the games, hashtag. There you go, everybody. Um, but Connor uh, annoys you about that every week. So let's get into the stuff that we watch. We'll, st- we'll start off with Tuesday's games. We'll do it chronologically because it's easier for me. Um, Juve beat Young Boys 3-0. Um, Mohamed Kamara was sent off for 12 minutes to go. Paolo Dybala got a hat-trick. This was a training game for Juve, and that's really all that needs to be said. Young boys have no chance against Juve at the Allianz Stadium. And then in Rome, on the same evening, Roma beat Victoria Pulsen 5-0. Eden Dzeko got a hat-trick in that one, with Under and Justin Kleiber scoring as well. Um, Podrick, obviously these two games, there's not really too much you can say about them. They were expected to be quite easy for the two teams and it turned out to be exactly that Yeah I think you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there that's exactly what the likes of Juve and Roma like the champions of Italy and a team that got to the semi-finals last season 
that's what you should be doing to the, the four seeds and the, the weaker teams in the group. You should be beating them pretty convincingly, and, and both teams did that. I mean, that's what we kind of... We were frustrated with Napoli in the week one that, you know, that could be a big point drop for them, the fact that they... they um, didn't manage to, or two points dropped, they got the point obviously in, in Serbia, but they didn't manage to beat the, the bottom team convincingly and that could come back to, to haunt them, whereas Roma and Juve, like you said, they just took took both teams, young boys and Victoria Pilsen, to task pretty much, convincing winners, impressive winners, but that is essentially what we expect them to do and thankfully they, they both did it. And Vieri, just a quick word on Paulo Dybala because he played not too badly. Well, no, absolutely not. Uh, his first goal was fantastic. He probably could have scored another three goals. Mm-hmm. And I think what's the interesting talking point is how he almost perhaps felt liberated by the absence of Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, felt he was uh, the prima donna again, <laughs> the diva running the show, and uh, he did so. And I think it's very important for Juve to have the best Dybala because now at the start of the season, it doesn't matter if players aren't in their best form, but come March, April, May everyone will be needed for that final run and uh, Dybala is obviously a superstar for Juve and he showed it last night yeah, well, and, yeah exactly um, and that obviously gives Juve I think their ninth win in succession this season which is kind of their best ever start since 1929-30 when Serie A started so this team is kind of well on the road to be one, being one of the best uh, Juventus size in history so there we go um, looking at kind of the, how that leaves the, the group for Juve obviously with United and Valencia drawing that means Juventus are two points clear of Group H and uh, one good result I think against the two in the two games against Man United and, and Juve will, will pretty much have won the group but I think they've more or less done that already whereas in Roma's group things are quite tight Cesca Moscow are f- uh, top of the group on four points and then Roma and Real Madrid are kind of level uh, in second on three points each so uh, the important games there, Paddy, are the, the, the two ones against Seska Moscow because if they win one of them, then it looks like they'll probably get third place, uh, second place. Yeah, they, and the, the fact that Seska Moscow have went to Real Madrid uh, during the week and won shows you that you know that's maybe a, a tougher task than, than it would have first seemed. Uh, I know Real Madrid are maybe having their problems at the minute, but that just shows you the difficulty of that, that game opposed. But I think you're right, the fact that they've went and and kind of got that result under their belt, they should probably win the return leg as well. That's six points there, and you're looking at the, the Moscow games as being decisive for both. Um, how Roma fair maybe against Real Madrid at home could, could also be decisive if, if they can manage to get a, a point from that. And that maybe they are kind of chasing it a bit now, that the fact that Seska have, have picked something up against them, that's kind of bonus points that they probably weren't banking on themselves. But it does leave it quite open, but I, I'm still re- fairly confident that, that Roma are going to get out of that group reasonably comfortably because I think they'll do the business against Seska twice The paradox is actually let me just jump in that this makes it a lot harder for Roma because now there's another player in the game whereas at the start we just thought it was going to be Real Madrid first Roma second and then uh, two just left there to fight out for the third spot this time with uh, Seska after that victory, back in it. Well, actually, they're, I mean, the top of the group right now. Uh, it could be slightly more complicated for Roma. But I, I agree with uh, uh, Paddy. I think they'll do the job. Uh, but Vieri, I think what you're missing is 
Uh, they've got Luca Pellegrini, who takes amazing touches, especially in the Champions League. That's what you're missing. Well, I mean, aesthetically <laughs> speaking, Pellegrini did have a great start to his uh, Champions League career. And undoubtedly, his touch is amazing, which is what you expect from football at that level. Well, I'm going to say. <laughs> Here you go. Go on via his Twitter and you'll get the context to that. Um, right now, let's go down south because the big game of this week in the Champions League was, of course, Napoli against last season's losing finalists, Liverpool. And Napoli won. Lorenzo Insigne scored in the 90th minute to give, I think, what was a deserved win for Napoli. Liverpool, for me, offered like very, very little in an attacking sense. Um, Podrick, before I go to Vieri, I'm going to come to you. Um, how amazing is Alan? That He was brilliant again. Yeah, and I think this is, I know that you've, uh, you were even kind of barking the, or hitting the drum for him, even in his Udinese days, and kind of shown that even back then that he kind of had this ability to go on and become one of the, the leading Serie A midfielders and I, he is that now I think I thought even in the game against Juve the Saturday night before and I know Napoli lost but he was one of the few Napoli players that I thought he never gave up he was still still um, at his best even in the second half when things kind of were going against him and then he just carried that on into the game against Liverpool and I think it's quite interesting as well it's really coming at a time when for me Marek Hamsik is really starting to he just doesn't look I don't know if it's if it's a position issue under Ancelotti now but he's really not impressed me at all this season and just kind of flashes last season that, that he was maybe on the downward spiral as well and he seems to be one of the first to be substituted in games and he's always the first to go to, to, to shake things up and then you've got Alan beside him who's just completely making up for that he's just been monstrous in some of the games he, he really can do it all I think and he showed that again the other night and against Liverpool as well a team that you know they're obviously really strong in midfield and got to the Champions League final last season to put in a performance like that um, he's really uh, he's really stepped up as well in Jorginho's absence and like I said I think he kind of does it all now he's got the, the pass inside to his game he's got that tenacious win the ball back for you he gets forward really well you know he supplied the goal and Chiren and stuff like that so pretty much for me like you kind of suggested there he's got it all in his, his locker and Maybe I don't know. You guys, he may, maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves as a whole when you're talking about the league, but definitely one of the best centre midfielders that City has got. Now, Vieri, you said, or you said, because you were there, and then you you, you tweeted today that um, the champions, when Napoli fans do their wee championship, was amazing. But you said the most amazing thing was Napoli's defensive performance. Well, absolutely, they conceded no shots on target. Um, to, to Liverpool and if you look at Firmino Mane Salah just saying these three names means you're going to have to give them some space at the back at some point and Napoli just had the perfect game not just defensively but overall because they kind of had a very balanced first half and then increasingly attacked uh, until they hit the bar and then eventually scored in the perfect moment because Liverpool had no time to react to that so it was literally the ideal perfect game uh, both in the way it was played by Napoli and also in the way it panned out. So I think I was impressed. We were talking about who was going to be a man of the match for UEFA, and it was going to be going to give this uh, 
gossip to you, it was going to be Koulibaly until the 91st minute. <laughs> and then, and then uh, obviously, the prize went to Insigne. Well, I, know, um, I know how you like you like players to be decisive uh, when you do the, the team of the week on, on FIF you can uh, that's one of the, almost your criteria is like well a player can have a good game but football is about decisive moments so scoring a goal or a game absolutely can, I can mean, be the things that get you in your team which some people don't particularly like I know I know I have to say I have to give credit to Koulibaly and uh, Albiol last night and even to Carlo Ancelotti because the formation uh, he he lined up and deployed on the pitch looked something in between a 4-4-2 and a 3-5-2 and it was slightly different to what he had uh, in recent games and obviously very different to Sarri's main 4-3-3 system and it worked perfectly because having Maksimovic so another center back working in between his usual center back position and more of a right back position was key in uh, in having essentially three men always blocked at the back, stopping the the three attacking players from Liverpool. And um, I thought, of course, Fabian Ruiz had a very good performance, and even uh, Hamsik, even though Paddy didn't particularly like his start to to the season, he was uh, was great as well. Obviously, Alan, the main performer, and it just worked out. And even Ancelotti bringing in Mertens at the perfect moment when uh, his kind of, his pace and his um, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. His technique made a difference in the end. So I think there's very little you can criticize to, Napoli, um, to Napoli's game. It's a matter of seeing how many faults there are by Liverpool. Obviously, it's impossible to tell in football the merit of a team and how the other underperformed. Well, that, that was the thing. Like You kind of mentioned pretty much the whole team there, Vieri, so they, they did all play well. Um, the player you forgot to mention, who I thought I thought played really well, was Cali Hon, because he, like, you, you, I agree with you in terms of the formation, it looked like it was going to be a back four, but it quickly moved into a back three when needed, and Cali Hon ended up playing as a wing back for a lot of the time as well, and did it without complaining and, and worked his backside off um, helping out Maksimovic when he needed to and obviously he got the, ended up getting the assist for his senior's goal so it was 
something of a new role for him, and I thought he did brilliantly. Oh, absolutely. And I think there must be a reason why three coaches in uh, Benitez, Cesari, and Ancelotti, the one player who's always played every single game pretty much and has never been under any criticism or discussion. I think the only single one is Callejon. And he showed it again last night. He sometimes isn't very flashy. He's not one for the social media that way. <laughs> <laughs> but he is uh, one for, for football games. And uh, he's got such a tactical intelligence that made him perform fantastically well last night. So I only forgot him because I don't have time to mention. You, you can't, you can't, mention, you, you can't mention them all, Vieri. Um, in terms of the atmosphere then, uh, because obviously you were there and this is why people listen to this, because we are at the games and we see what's going on, obviously. The, the famous Napoli champions chant was there. Uh, Juventus tried to do it on Tuesday, but it didn't quite have the same vivaciousness to it, I don't think. No, I think that was impressive. I was told it was going to be quite impressive. Um, the atmosphere overall, obviously, is what you expect from the San Paolo, which isn't always full. Uh, it's a very old stadium and I'd say not great at all. Uh, one of, uh, of the worst I've been in in my life. <laughs> but obviously, uh, this isn't down to the fans. This is just down to maintenance. Uh, but the fans do lift up the whole level of the, of the whole thing and the atmosphere uh, is amazing. I think it still comes behind what you get at a full house San Siro, but um, obviously it is a different type of stadium. And uh, Napoli fans have shown that when they want to, they can give the the team an extra support. And uh, Insignia told me, told UEFA.com, my microphone last night, literally that he was like, we haven't had them in a lot of games this season, the fans, but obviously. This is also a message to them. This is what you can do to the fans if uh, if you turn up. Napoli able to completely annihilate the last year's finalists. So yeah, the atmosphere is is one to to give enough uh, a good enough reason to actually travel all the way to Naples. There you go, Paddy. You having that? The San Paolo is the worst stadium Vieri's ever been to. Oh, maybe for Vieri, but you know me, Dov, I'll, uh, I'll defend Napoli and the, the good people of Naples until the end. Uh, wasn't talking about the people, I was. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's, that's true, Vieri. I didn't mean to put words in your mouth, but uh, it's, it's got a, a charm to it, you might say, the San Paolo. It's funny because I was uh, on some of the smaller Italian football sites, they, they, they picked up on a a quote by a, a journalist by the name of Melissa Reddy, who I think works for joe.co.uk, um, and she said that the San Paolo is the worst stadium she's ever been to, and said that she'd been to South America and Africa, and none of them compared to how bad the San Paolo is, maintenance-wise, like you say, Vieri. So, um, De Laurentiis needs to get his hands out of his pockets and, and, and work with the council and get a new stadium, but because the people of Napoli deserve it. Um, and, and, and just one thing on that, Paddy, uh, you'll know, um, after the game, Arkadusz Milik, your favourite Polish striker, um, he had a, a bit of a run-in with, a some, little run -in, yeah. with some Neapolitan people after the game. Yeah, that, and that's the only quite disappointing that it's... Well, tell people, tell everybody what happened first. It's pretty much he was on his way uh, back home after the game and uh, his car was stopped in traffic. It was quite near the Napoli training ground and a group of men on motorcycles with helmets and guns pretty much approached his, his car and held him up at gunpoint to hand over his watch, which he did, obviously, and uh, <laughs> quite a traumatic experience for him. But the, the, the sad thing is, is for Napoli players, that it's... 
kind of a semi-regular it's occurrence. The over maybe the maybe last it's like year. a Neapolitan welcome. It's like you've not made it in Napoli. Yeah, you've stolen your watch. Stolen your watch. I think even <laughs> players' wives have, have been targeted. And the, the worst thing, Hamshik has lost three different watches in three different <laughs> incidents to Morgan, which, you know, it's kind of, I suppose it sounds funny, but quite, quite worrying. Maybe he... Uh, Maybe Marek needs some extra security. He should bring Alan around. As, hire Alan as personal that's, security. That's <laughs> bring him around Naples. Yeah, so obviously that's that was quite a disappointing thing to, to read after the game. And otherwise, what was a really good night for them. Yeah, indeed. And obviously that, that puts them at, top, at the top of Group C above Liverpool and PSG, who are both on three points, Napoli on four. You wouldn't have thought that, would you, though? No, you wouldn't have. But this this is the last question I kind of want before we go on to Inter. Do you think that draw against Red Star could come back and bite Napoli? Because obviously they've got the they've got the uh, the win against Liverpool, which kind of puts them a bit in their driving seat. But if Liverpool win at Anfield, and you'd expect Liverpool to beat Red Star twice, then Napoli could still be struggling a little bit. Whereas whereas if they beat Red Star, it'd have been a whole different story. Yeah, I don't see either Liverpool or PSG dropping points at all to them. I think that the both of them are going to pick up six points so then you're kind of looking at what Napoli can do at Anfield and in Paris and especially at home to to PSG but pressure's kind of on you then you know that you're you're kind of having to pick up results from those games because you really should not be banking on Red Star doing you any favours as we saw what uh, what PSG did to them you know they're probably going to do that again and that Liverpool attack will likely fancy their chances so I inclined to agree with you unfortunately I think as good a result as last night was and it kind of keeps them very much in the melting pot it's it could prove costly the, the one that the two points that they let slip on match day one right. but, but let me just quickly ask you a question do you think they would have gotten that result against Liverpool had they not failed to win against Red Star I think it almost gave them an extra boost it's possible I mean hindsight is of course a wonderful thing um but yeah, I, I, honestly, I think that they would have, they would have got the result anyway, just, just given the performance and the way that they kind of stifled Liverpool completely. I think they kind of obviously they knew they needed to win, and it looked like for like they weren't going it for for as much as the kind of game that they did have. But they got it, and they're they're right back in the mix again. Um, right, quickly on Inter, uh, they went to Eindhoven to play PSV. They went behind, but. They got it back again. They went behind just like they did in Spurs and Rajan Angolan and Mauro Icardi got the goals. They gave Inter a 2-1 win which puts them joint top of their group with Barcelona. Vieri, is this Inter's new thing? To concede a goal, wake up a little bit and then make a comeback? This time around, Inter seemed in control throughout the game. Uh, obviously, you know, it doesn't always mean that if you're in control, you then eventually win. Um, but this time, it wasn't just a miracle like against uh, Turnham. This time, they did deserve the victory. And um, it's Inter, isn't it? You know, they they are able to do everything <laughs> at any given point. But I think, aside from the fact they are they're a crazy team, if someone like Nainggolan starts playing at his level... You know, they, they've made some big investments in the summer, and I think it's paying off. You know, Maricardi, we know he's, he's a great striker in Serie A. He's now proving it in the Champions League. Nangolan, for me, is one of the best midfielders in the world. Um, and 
He showed it last year with Roma. He got to the semifinals of the Champions League himself. So I think Inter have a good squad. I'm not surprised they can they can beat. And, and they rotated as well at the weekend. So they managed to rotate, get the win at the weekend, got yeah, the guys back, and then got a, another win against PSV. So you're right. They've got the squad that they can now play two games a week and get three points in each of them. No, absolutely. And uh, I did think after they beat Tottenham that that same Inter that played against Tottenham with you know in that way obviously leaving the last 10 minutes aside would have had a difficult time at Eindhoven but they've grown since that game they got victories in Serie A one after the other and now it seems like Spalletti has found his uh, his preferred team his preferred starting 11 he's mm-hmm. able to rotate and you know you go away to to PSV you control the game and you you get three points so Inter won't be an easy an easy opponent for anyone this season Right, so there we go. That is the Champions League done. Four Italian teams played in it. Four Italian teams won in it. And now we move on to the Europa League because it was a bit more contrasting. Uh, Milan beat Olympiacos 3-1 after going a goal down. But then Patrick Cutrone scored two. And Higuain got the other one after um, Catuso made some second-half substitutions and changed from his 4-3-3 to a 4-4-2, which made all the difference. Um Paddy, Patrick Cotrone is he's he's a he's a good wee player, isn't he? He is, he is, and he's the kind of player I like. You know, young guy, just no fear about him. He just seems to be loving loving every minute of his time since he pretty much broke into the first team. And you know, I, I like to see that that like young players, especially at a big club, breaking in, getting their chance because you know it is difficult for. You, you don't often kind of get a chance, especially last summer. They spent so much money. They brought in, you know, like Andre Silva, who's now in Spain doing really well. But they, they, they strengthened in his area of the field, and he probably was looking at that, thinking, you know, he might uh, he maybe have to go elsewhere to get a chance. And now, fast forward just over a year later, and he's one of the mainstays in the team. And it's, you know, it might not be a coincidence that over the last few weeks, Milan kind of struggled and I know maybe it wasn't so much attacking problems that they had in the last few weeks maybe more at the other end of the park but it did coincide with Cotroni being out injured and now that he's back it was a, it was a pretty impressive performance took both his goals well he's really good header of the ball as well that's mm. that's one thing I really like yeah I mean like the, th- the thing is obviously seeing that like the, the, I think the result flatters Milan if I'm being perfectly honest because they were rubbish and um, Vieri like they barely created anything in the first half. I think maybe one, two chances. Obviously, they had like Bonaventura had a goal that was going to go in, but then offside, Castellejo decided to tap it in, and Bonaventura was annoyed. Um, and and Gattuso even after a game still mourning about kind of defensively, they're just not concentrating. They're they're not compact enough. There's still problems there, and I think you know when they're getting results like this that. I maybe paper over the cracks a little but I think that's maybe an issue that they need to sort out well I think it's important to win these kind of games regardless because obviously the Europa League is a very long competition so if you can get it out of the way especially the first games with with the three points doesn't really matter how you do it so I think part of the reason uh, they weren't great is that because you need to to get the job done and that's it but I do agree I obviously I watched the game and I think as the first half, you know, Milan were slightly better than Olympiacos, and then, but they were unable to score, and they were losing. And then Olympiacos started controlling the game early in the second half. 
then Kutrona came on, gave that kind of electric shock to the whole team, mm. and they managed to, to turn things around. So it doesn't take much to beat certain teams mm. in the Europa League in the early stages. And I think that was probably Milan's aim, you know, not waste too many energies tonight, get the job done, and then uh, go on to the, next, uh, to the next round. We'll see what they do this weekend in Serie A, obviously, to see if they've actually got that consistency. Well, it's a big game against Kievo, Vieri, so this is going to be a tough one for them. And then, after, and then after the break, they've got the derby, so then we'll see. Uh, where they are after that um, it was a bit like obviously you had the great atmosphere at the San Paolo uh, on Wednesday at the San Siro there was only 22,000 people there and I think about 4,000 the away crowd looked quite lively uh, or sounded ve- quite lively very lively Podrick very lively they were they, they filled the kind of top tier of the San Siro the whole the, pretty much all of it and were absolutely mental mental Greek fans and then after the game I didn't see it but I heard it from the media centre <laughs> they just started letting off um, smoke bombs outside after when they were getting like carted off to their buses I was like Jesus Christ these people are these people are crazy but yeah they were mad um, but only 22,000 so not very many not but very many Gattuso, Gattuso spoke about it he after did. the game yeah. and I think that's the right spirit he he didn't ask the fans to come to the stadium he was like you know, it was 7 p.m., so not an ideal time, and we need to make the fans come mm. to the stage. So yeah. I think he was sending a message to the players that keep up the good, the good work, and you'll have a, a full house at the sense here. Well, yeah, well, that's happened before. I mean, when Milan, I think it was last season or the season before, when they started doing quite well, the fans started turning up to the stadium, and then as soon as they start doing crap again, they don't turn up. Apart from obviously the core one stuff like that. So. Look at what happened to Inter in the past uh, two yeah. or three years. They started making more investments, getting more results on the pitch. And now and the people come. Yeah, it's always full, pretty much every week. Um, right, last game in Europe: Eintracht Frankfurt four, Lazio one. Dusan Basta and Correa both in off for Lazio. Paddy, you were on this one. It was they ruined it. All the all the Italian teams won, and then Lazio went and ruined it in Germany. Yeah, we're going for six for six, an absolute clean sweep across the two competitions, and then. Oh man, that was it was bad. Uh, they're defending it pretty much from the start. I think it was three minutes when uh, when Eintracht scored, and Inzaghi must have been tearing his hair out because they were bad at defending set pieces at the weekend when they lost to Roma in the derby. And then three minutes into the game in Europe, they can see the goal, and sure enough, it comes from a set piece, just player completely unmarked in the six yard box, and. They kind of Lazio kind of bounced back a bit after that. They were actually decent enough. Probably did deserve the the equaliser when it came, and then oh, it all just kind of fell apart on them. They conceded, I think, two minutes after that. As you said, Basta was sent off before half time. Then Correa got a straight red card. I think he was just a bit frustrated, and he seemed quite surprised that he he got the red card, but late tackle and nowhere near the ball he probably couldn't really complain too much so just just a, a bad off night for them but they did I think the worrying thing is they did look really bad again defensively and you know this is a team they're kind of you know, nearly every season it seems to be that Atletico Madrid get tipped as the dark horses for the Champions League and Lazio are kind of always main in the Europa League they're always that kind of team that You'd quite fancy if a draw was kind to them and if it good firepower and stuff in attack that they could go quite far. And I'm disappointed they didn't go further last season. But if they can't sort out that defence pretty quickly, then 
they're going to have serious problems and they won't be won't be going quite deep into the competition this year. I think, can I just add about atmospheres in stadiums? Now, I've been to the Comets-Banca Arena back in the, the day. The Fuer Vieri? The Comets-Banca Arena. Oh, there you Frankfurt. go. <laughs> um, and that is probably the best stadium I've been in, in terms of actual stadium. And um, the, the atmosphere tonight must have been insane there. Yeah, it was, it was people. a sellout and it was, it was pretty loud, yeah, from start to finish. It's, already. it's not easy. If the moment you, you can see the goal, the moment you go down to 10 men, psychologically it was tremendously hard for Lazio. I think what, was, what has to be sorted by, by Inzaghi is what you were saying about problems at the back because what they had shown at the start of the season compared to last season is where they were conceding less goals and then all of a sudden in the past two games they've conceded seven and you know that needs to change immediately starting from the game they've got against Fiorentina on Sunday mm, indeed indeed however one positive for them uh, is the fact that in the same group Apollon and Marseille drew 2-2 with Apollon scoring a 90th minute equaliser which kind of keeps Lazio and uh, keeps Lazio in second place uh, in the group uh, behind Frankfurt so they're, they're still very much in this and they're, they're, they've got it still in their own hands in terms of qualifying so um, two very very big games uh, coming up against uh, Marseille in the competition to to see if they, if they can make it deep like uh, Podrig says um, right before we finish, obviously the kind of big statistic that came out of this week's European football was, um, like I mentioned before, Italian teams winning four games on the same match day in the Champions League for the first time in 13 years. Hashtag Serie A is back, Podrick. Took, overtook England in the UEFA coefficients, not that they matter anymore. So Serie A's second best league in Europe then. Must be, dog. Must be the best. <laughs> The best. There's the Cristiano best. Ronaldo. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, this is well, 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 the well. best. <laughs> so there we go. And you know nothing to say about that. No, it's like forget everybody. Everybody should be on about Serie A because that this is where the real football is played. Well, I was worried when they came that Serie A was gifted the the four spots instead of maybe earning four teams being there on merit. And like it has been a has been a good start, but until we have four Serie A teams in the semi-finals, Dov, then <laughs> then we shan't be pleased. Our work is not yet done. There we go. Right, that's us got to finish on the uh, European football special Forza Time Football podcast thing that we're going to do. There'll be more throughout the season after European nights, of course. Vieri, Podrick, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we shall have you back on another European special Forza Time Football podcast in the near future. Uh, remember, social media and all that, at Serie FFC. Get on the website because it is fantastic um, and watch our videos and stuff like that as well because FAF is at the games, as we now tell you all the time. So there we go. Until uh, next time, there's nothing left for me to say apart from Arrivederci.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.